I don't really like money, but it calms my nerves. And that is the quote of the day. Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know it is not quite Finance Friday yet, but when I was looking for clips for this week's show, I just happened to find two clips about money. And there were two really, really good clips. And so I, I said, you know what? I'm going to play both of them. And this one is by Dan Millman. He's talking about where our money paradigms come from. Where does our programming come from? He also talks about spirituality versus wealth. Can the two coincide? And this clip was really important to me because I'll tell you a quick story. About eight, nine years ago, I'm reading a book. I can't remember the name of this book. I thought I knew the name of the book and then I rebought the book and what I'm about to talk about was not in it. So it's some unknown book, right? And in this book, the author said this. He says, Broke people are more obsessed with money than rich people. And I thought about that and I said, you know what? He's right. This is true because I don't have any money right now. And that's all I think about is money. All I would think about is, you know, how am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to put gas in my car? How am I going to buy a new pair of shoes? How am I going to pay the cable bill? How am I going to be able to go out with my friends and be able to, you know, buy a couple of drinks? That's all I thought about was how I'm going to get more money. My life literally revolved around how am I going to get more money so I don't have to go to collections or something like that, right? And that line and that breaking open for me in conjunction with the Dr. Martini interview that I talk about all the time really helped me to stop expending so much energy on worrying about money. And instead of doing that, to start expending my energy serving people, because when you serve people, one of the byproducts of that, of many byproducts, is you just happen to make more money. So that was the way that I was able to move past my obsession with money. You have to become obsessed with helping people. And so I hope you enjoy this clip is by Dan Millman, and I will see you, of course, on the other side. Most of us do have money issues. In fact, let's, let's go through a brief assessment about our attitudes and issues toward money. Does money frequently monopolize your attention? How much time and energy do you spend struggling to balance income and expenditures? How do you feel about wealthy people, the rich? How do you feel about poor people? Do you believe that wealthy people are somehow less spiritual or poor people more so? How do you feel about wealthy spiritual teachers? How much money would you like to earn each year? Why not more? Does money seem very hard to come by or burn a hole in your pocket? Or do you feel guilty about having a lot of money when other people don't? Are you in debt? 
If you are, is it due to insufficient income or overspending? Are the best things in life free? Again, these questions don't have instant answers, but they're questions to consider as we move into this area of managing your money. So let me define what I mean by managing your money. Simply put, it involves achieving stability and sufficiency. Okay? Not getting rich, not being poor, but sufficiency and stability. Why do we want to achieve sufficiency and stability? Because it frees our attention. So much of our attention. If you think about the percentage of the day, paying for lunch, going to the bank because you need some more money, wondering how you're going to afford the dental bill or the car repair. Money surprises, expense comes in, what am I going to do about this? Money issues at business, at work, trying to get more of it, spend less of it, spend more of it. Should you go on vacation? How much should you spend? A great deal of our lives and energies revolve around money. And those of us who have an abundance of energy or of money, often we have some subtle guilts about it. What about that idea of the rich? The rich, you know, we say, it's okay to tax the rich more, they take more, they have more. But it turns out, those we call the robber barons of old were neither robbers nor barons. They made their money by providing a valuable service, by inventing or creating something, by providing jobs and industries. Now, if I said to you, would you like a little more money? You'd probably say, sure, I have no, nothing against that. Great, I could use a little more money. There are things I could do with it. But when you really contemplate attitudes, and again, we're going back into that subconscious area. Money versus spirituality. I noticed there was, might have been a response in you when I mentioned, what do you, how do you feel about wealthy spiritual teachers? Does that negate their value? Does that make them hypocrites? We have strong beliefs about money, and until we deal with those beliefs, it doesn't do any good to give tips for making more money or stabilizing your life because a part of you may not want to have much money. Many of us are like Joe Lewis, the boxer, who once said, I don't really like money, but it calms my nerves. <laughs> when you picture a spiritual person, a classic spiritual person, do you picture a sannyasin from India, a renunciate, a monk, a nun, a priest, people who've renounced worldly possessions for the things of spirit. We have a tremendous dichotomy in our minds about money and spirituality. I'm not the only one to say this, but I'd like to say it clear so it really strikes home. We've been programmed, all of us, in growing up. Now, by definition, when you've been programmed, you don't know you've been programmed. If you know you've been programmed, you're no longer programmed. But look at the films, popular films. They're meant for mass audiences. They're not aimed at a wealthy elite. They're aimed at mass audiences. So they deify the salt of the earth, people who are struggling, poor, but spiritual and good. How about a movie we probably, most of us have seen, It's a Wonderful Life. Many people around Christmas see that. Do you remember the evil, unethical, greedy Mr. Potter who owned half the town and wanted to own all of it, all the banks? The rich guy, the bad rich guy. Then we have George Bailey and his family. They're poor, but they're happy and spiritual. How about Christmas Carol? We have Scrooge on the one hand, and we have the Cratchits. 
They're happy and spiritual and loving, but poor. The Karate Kid, more popular recent movie. He lived with his mother across the tracks, a single mother. They were struggling. Then there were these rich brats with their fancy red motorcycles and cars. Do you remember that? No wonder we grow up with some mixed feelings. The things of the world, the flesh, and then the spirit. It's about integrating those two. Let me tell you the story of my life. And I had serious money issues. And I didn't even know it. About 16 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I was walking out of my house and I noticed across the street some very wealthy young teenage girls, maybe they were 18 or 19, getting into a Mercedes sports car. It's about a $70,000 car. And I looked at them for a minute, just kind of stared at them, you know, and then I turned around. There was like a dark cloud that passed over me, kind of a negative feeling. And if I could have given words to that feeling, it would have been something like, Look at those little rich girls. I might have just kind of felt that way and then turned away and until new impressions entered my psyche. But some, in a moment of self-reflection, it was like a slap that hit me. I went, wait a minute, what did I just feel about them? I don't know them. They might be wonderful young ladies. My daughters were growing toward teenagehood. They dress well just because they appeared to have a lot of money. I felt negatively about them. And I went, whoa, if that's how I feel about money, I'm sure not going to attract much of it. And as a matter of fact, during this period of time, I was mastering my poverty consciousness phase of life. <laughs> at that time, I was working two jobs, getting up at four in the morning to do overload typing in a local law firm. I let myself in. And then I went to a real estate office from eight o'clock until five doing word processing. This was after I'd written Way of the Peaceful Warrior. It went out of print for a time. That's another story. It was after I'd been a professor at Oberlin College, a college professor. But this phase, I was just broke. We were $15,000 in debt, which was a lot of money for us. I had no way of seeing my way, how were we gonna ever get out of debt? And we didn't live high off the hog either. This money was scarce, I was struggling. And that was a turning point when I saw my attitudes toward money. I was really unsympathetic toward the stuff. That was a turning point. I began, literally, and a few other things happened during that period. I stepped forward, started teaching seminars, sharing what I had to share. I remember the first time I came back from a seminar and I had a, a handful of cash. And I said to Joy, close your eyes. And she opened her eyes and I threw the money in the air, let it shower down around her. Now, again, if you feel like, oh, that's kind of ostentatious, you know, is that love of money? Then look at that in yourself. Attitude stored money. It's just stuff, green stuff, trade. Somebody once said, we should go back to barter. I said, yeah, we could all be bartering. But didn't we start with that? And then somebody wanted to barter a chicken for some pottery. And they said, well, what's worth what? And they developed money to find a sense of value. And it was an easier way to barter. Point is, money is just energy. Just energy. It makes you more of who you already are. That's what more energy does. If you're loving, it'll make you more loving. If you're greedy, it'll tend to make you more greedy. It makes you more of who you already are. Anybody who listens to this tape program and has a lot of money and feels guilty about it, if money is just energy, would you wake up in the morning and say, oh, I feel so guilty. I have more energy than my neighbor. I don't think so. Money doesn't care who has it. It's just stuff. But by using your talents and your creativity and your labors to provide a service for other people, 
you end up producing more income for yourself. And if there's abundance there, you can share it with other people. Whatever you choose to do with it. That was great stuff with Dan Millman. Of course, he's the author of many books. Read all of his books. And uh, that clip comes from his audio program, The Peaceful Warrior's Path to Everyday Enlightenment. That's on audible.com. It's like eight or nine hours. So it's on audible.com. It's on the Nightingale Conant website at nightingale.com. And it's also on the Nightingale Conant Insiders app. And so uh, check that out. And I will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace.